Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. I've got a special guest with me today, Daniel Newman. And I uh, just want to encourage you to share this, like it, get the word out to everybody. It really helps the algorithms here on YouTube and Facebook uh, to get some attention, get the message out to more people. And we really appreciate each and every one of you and the support that you've given to Kingdom Talks. We can't do this without you. We are listener supported. If you would like to become a partner, you can go to kingdomtalksmedia.com and go to our giving page and check that out. So we appreciate you and thank you for everything you're doing. So without any more uh, chit-chat, We'll go right on over here to Daniel Newman. Daniel, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, Gil. I'm so excited about being on Kingdom Talks today and been looking forward to it. Well, and you've been a guest here or there on some other shows that we've done, and I've always appreciated uh, your content and the, you know, the, the information that you bring. It's very deep, and uh, I think a people, people appreciate what you bring, so it's, it's good to have you on the show. Thank you, sir. I... I'm just trusting God that he is going to manifest his goodness and his love through us and bless people. That certainly is my heart. Yeah. Well, so, Daniel, I, I'm, I'm, on a, I'm going to back up here in just a minute to get your background because uh, I know a lot of people may not really know uh, who you are. You may be new to some of them, so we'll get some of that. But before we even go there, uh, you've got something coming up here uh, pretty quickly, actually, August 3rd, 5th, 10th, and 11th. Um, why don't you share with everybody what's coming up and then we'll dive into who you really are, the man behind the scenes. <laughs> sure, I'll be glad to do that. Yes, the Lord has led me, and I really believe it was the Lord, uh, to do a webinar. Actually, I wasn't really in that, that familiar with what a webinar was, uh, <laughs> but now I'm, I'm familiar. But uh, I have put together a, a webinar that I'm doing the first two weeks of August. And I think hopefully we can get the information up as far as the exact dates, but it's during uh, the first two weeks, the Tuesday and then Thursday of each of those weeks from seven to eight o'clock on Zoom. And now, is that in, Eastern time or is that Western time? Because the, the flyer I have up here says 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern time. That is correct. It is Eastern time. Okay, so 8 p.m. to 9 p.m.? That is exactly right. Okay, cool, cool. So yeah. I might not have caught that. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I will be dealing with revelation from the heavenly realm. And uh, I'm really looking for God to minister, just as that was said, that we will actually experience uh, the way that I attempt to minister in any realm, such as this today, etc is to cause people to experience what I'm experiencing. And I believe that if I indeed am encountering, experiencing the presence of God, with God there is no time, there is no distance, yeah. that the hearer also will experience that. And I'm really trusting that uh, as we spend that time together, I'm going to be dealing with a number of issues, but even though these areas, topics are well known by believers, there is an absolutely different concept, revelation that comes out of the heavenly realm. Things like yeah. worship, things like cardiognosis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Somebody might be thinking, what is that? Come to the webinar on Zoom. <laughs> uh, but worship, praise, knowing God, all these kinds of things I'm going to really deal with out of the heavenly realm and very excited about it. 
Well, and uh, so you've got a Zoom ID there and a password and all that, and we'll get that into the notes as well for the show so that everybody will have that available and they can click on it and, and uh, join you on that. So that'll be good. And, hey. it's, and it's called Meeting, Meet God Face-to-Face? No, the actual title is Revelations from the Heavenly Realm. I okay. think on the flyer, that's in very small print. You might have to have better eyes than me to see it well. Right, right. Okay. Okay, so... <laughs> I put up there as a title for today, since we would be talking a little bit about that, meeting God face-to-face. But before we jump in, let's go back and get a little bit of your background and story and and how did you get to where you are today? Sure, sure. Well, let's see, I'll give a side profile and I'll project (laughs) this that is called a nose. (laughs) What that may indicate is that I'm Jewish and and I am. Uh, I was born and raised in a traditional Jewish home in Ohio and experienced a traditional Jewish religious upbringing, bar mitzvah confirmed, the whole nine yards. Wow. And uh, my grandmother told me how moved she was at my bar mitzvah. So if that was the case, and I trust it was, that was a good thing. I mean, what I can remember, (laughs) one of the major things I can remember, we had to go to Hebrew school uh, the Jewish kids, and we went two days a week, I think, as I remember, beginning in third grade. And anyhow, I loved to read Hebrew. I was very good at reading Hebrew. And so the guys that were in my Hebrew school class, they didn't like that. You know, I was like I'm being a nerd or something. So uh-huh. <laughs> one day during the uh, break there for Hebrew school at the temple, we were outside on the temple lawn in front of the uh, temple, and I literally had to fight three guys, <laughs> thankfully <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> but wow. uh, I'm not I'm not exaggerating. And Pretty I, intense I, schooling. <laughs> yeah, I, I I held my own. <laughs> I think we did pretty well with all three. So uh, that that was that was a memory. But in in all seriousness, I'm, I'm grateful for my my Jewish upbringing, um, it led me to uh, move forward in my life. And I became a hippie back in the hippie movement in the late 60s and into the 70s. Uh, I started attending uh, Ohio State University in Columbus. I, both of my parents went there, so I went there. And, but I'm, I'm a real hippie. And everything that went with the real hippie lifestyle, counterculture lifestyle, uh, a number of things that went with it were not good, such as the LSD and the THC and the MDA and the reefer and the cocaine, all of which I did. And, and you could just imagine uh, my parents, they were entrepreneurs, uh, kind of upscale <laughs> Jewish people in the community. And uh, I was breaking their hearts. I was giving fits. <laughs> I can remember uh, they got a call. <laughs> they they got a call like at three o'clock in the morning or something. Uh, from my friend's home, uh, from his, his, I think his mother, saying, your son is over here standing naked in front of my garage. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so uh, you can see <laughs> where I was, and I was not manifesting <laughs> Jesus back then. But uh, oh. God has a plan, in a way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in light of the, the drugs and my lifestyle, I mean, my parents spent literally thousands and thousands of dollars sending me to some of the finest drug rehab places and professionals in the country. 
was in New wow. York City, I was in New England, I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, etc. But that was not wow. the answer. So uh, I can remember, Gil, I would be like, uh, we would be in an apartment and everybody was getting high. Sometimes I would be on LSD or some kind of psychedelic and I was tripping. And at times I would have a hard time. We used to call it bumming out, hippie language. And so I was very paranoid and I would get away from the people in the apartment. And I went outside at night under the heavens and my heart was crying out for help. Now, you know, Jewish people don't believe in Jesus, but thankfully Jesus believed in me. Yeah. And as my spirit, I mean, I didn't know if Jesus was God, Buddha, Muhammad, Allah, but my heart was saying, God, whoever you are, if you are help. And I can clearly remember George Harrison, who was the last Beatle to die a few years ago, he had written a song back then, I think it was shortly before the Beatles broke up, My Sweet Lord. Mm. You remember that song at all? I do. Yeah, yeah. So the lyrics of the song, God would use, I really want to know you, I can't sing, but I really want to know you now, my Lord, my sweet Lord. And yeah. God would use those lyrics to just comfort me and calm my kind of fried mind and was wooing me by his love. And without going into all the details, one thing led to another. Uh, as far as God's dealings and drawings, Christians began to give me uh, tracts in religious literature. And so that led me to uh, a Pentecostal holiness church where I'd met a guy. Uh, I'd met a guy on my job. I was working at General Motors after I dropped out of college because I couldn't handle college. And I met a guy there that was a member, and uh, the Lord used him to share Christ with me. So I went on a Sunday to their particular uh, church and to the, to the service there, and I was water baptized there on that uh, Sunday. And, of course, I've been this Pentecostal church, so I experienced the baptism in the Holy Ghost in tongues. And that was back in 1971, yo, wow. from... The time I knew I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit in 1971 until this day, never smoked a cigarette again. I'd smoked previously, never used any of that hard stuff one time. And God just totally delivered me and set me free. I mean, it was miraculous. My parents uh, were not at all happy being Jewish. And then I'm starting to tell them all of a sudden about Jesus. However, you know, they, they kind of thought at first, this is just another thing that he's into. But when they saw the consistency and the time duration that it was real, they eventually came out to the uh, church. They sat down with my pastor. And in so many words, they said, Reverend, we, we don't believe in Jesus, but we greatly appreciate what you and your church have done for our son. Yeah. So yeah. that was my introduction to the Lord in uh, 1971. I was there as a member of that congregation for 30 years. Uh, in many ways, it was a phenomenal church. The pastor was renowned literally globally. We had uh, a television program that was seen weekly in all 48 continental states. And then it went to 58 nations every week. Can you imagine? Wow. I mean, it was very, very progressive. Uh, our pastor was anointed, knew God, knew the voice of God. But it was also very legalistic, mm -hmm. and there were a lot of extremes there in that kind of way. 
uh, I never mock the people and I never attempt to mock anyone. But in terms of systems of religious Christianity, uh, it definitely was very legalistic. Uh, women, I mean, they were brutal on women. Most of the time I was there, women couldn't wear pants, couldn't wear earrings, couldn't wear a, ne a necklace. You know, these things were wow. considered to be ostentatious and alluring yeah. to the flesh, drawing attention to the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah. man could not even wear a wedding ring. Can you imagine? Oh, I grew up in that. Or, shouldn't say I grew up in it, but I pastored that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, sir. Didn't have any wedding so, rings or jewelry or makeup. <laughs> And uh, God blessed me marvelously while I was there. Uh, I came to about the highest height you could come there as an assistant pastor in the church. I became a part of uh, the international traveling staff. I mean, I made many, many, many trips to Europe, spoke again and again in conferences in European countries. Then I started traveling uh, actually on uh, my own after meeting another pastor to Israel every year in the Middle East, and I ministered there, uh, and God just marvelously wow. blessed. However, at the same time, you know, people ask me, have asked me over the years, how could you leave such and such pastor? How could you leave that church? I mean, with all the church was doing, all the opportunities, and I would tell them I was divinely discontented, and that's the truth. God would not allow me to feel comfortable there anymore. Until the point where, by faith, uh, I remember the Lord used the scripture in the book of Isaiah, where it talks about how God called Abraham and Abraham alone. And he used that in calling me to launch out, which I did by faith. Actually, on my 50th birthday in 2001, I left that particular city and moved to Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, where I joined with a pastor that I'd been traveling to Israel with every year. And uh, it was absolutely a move by faith, but it was one of the greatest moves that I ever made because I put myself in a position where no longer being bound really to the re religious teaching that was there. I mean, our pastor now, he had a, a great heart, but he had a very strong belief that you have to be obedient to the teaching of the fathers. And yeah. so I, I can remember one time I was, I worked full time there at the church and one time, I, I think I was going to my car outside, and I happened to run into him. And I said, Pastor, I'm, I'm going to be uh, meeting with ministers this week in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, and I'm going to share with them some of the things that I've been seeing as far as uh, biblical kinds of things. And, uh, you know, these were things that he was not in agreement with. So he said to me, son, you can't do that. He said, you are accountable for what I have taught you. So, uh, oh, wow. now I understand that was his heart. Yeah. He really believed that. He was sincere. So, but it put me in a position by moving away and getting out from under the ministry there to open myself to God in progressive revelation. Yeah. And uh, it just began to enable God to break the boundaries, to dismantle a lot of the paradigms that I had been stuck in because of the teaching and open myself to God in progressive revelation. And so it was. And so I began to evolve. I began to really see such things quickly as the finished work of Calvary. Now, I was taught grace back in classical Pentecost, but it really wasn't that, that amazing. You know, it was if you live up to the standards yeah. of holiness. <laughs> and a lot of those standards were things that were really not even biblical, as I shared earlier. But if you live up to these standards of holiness, 
somehow by the grace of God, when that trumpet sounds, you're going to make the rapture. <laughs> a lot yeah, of grace yeah. there, right? Right. So, or if you die and you're right with God, you got to be right. <laughs> then somehow by the grace of God, you're going to go to heaven. So uh, it just freed me to come into the beauty of grace way beyond what I had been taught. So uh, I just continued to grow and allow God to enable me to uh, allow him to speak to me directly. And one thing after another, I mean, I can clearly remember... When I first moved to Indianapolis to try to make ends meet, I mean, I, I, left, I left there, Ohio, with not much money in my pocket. Uh, I left my wife and kids until I was able, which I did about six months later, to call for them. And I moved my wife and my kids that wanted to come, they were all older, into a beautiful home there in Indianapolis. But I was working security when I first moved there to try to make ends meet and have some finances, some income. So I can I can remember just as clear, Gil, I was in, uh, I think this like office area for the security guard, that kind of thing, probably late at night. And God began to deal with me and gave me one of the greatest revelations that I've ever seen. That is, he showed me that the heart of the father is humble. Yeah. And I would imagine that might even be surprising for some of our listeners today. <laughs> uh, you know, we normally think of Jesus as, you know, the meek and humble lamb of God. But, uh, you know, religion has taught us the father now. And that's kind of a, quote, horse of another mm -hmm. color. You know, he's stern. He can be very angry. And you better be careful because he's holy and so forth. And, and the Lord showed me, no, no. Remember, Jesus said, I and the father are what? One. One. He said, if you see me, you see the Father. Jesus yeah. came to put a face on God. He came to show us the love of God. Jesus, remember, said, love your enemies. Jesus said, bless them that persecute you, and so on. Now, the God that I was raised under in classical Pentecost <laughs> Either he didn't believe Jesus <laughs> or, he, or he was a hypocrite because yeah. he wasn't blessing his enemies. He said, essentially, turn to me or burn forever and ever in eternal conscious torment. <laughs> and uh, but like thanks for I'm telling you, <laughs> thankfully, I have come into the light and the revelation that indeed, really, God is love. Any judgment, any wrath, any, you know, Paul said, behold, the goodness and severity of God. All of these kinds of things are only and always expressions of the love of God and have yeah. to be taken into context. I mean, if it's not love, as far as I'm concerned, it's not it's God. Not God. Yeah. 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 You know, <clears throat> I was just, um, I think I was driving somewhere this morning and just, the thought occurred to me, I like to just bring things down to their most simplistic form. And it's like, let's let's start there. And I was just thinking, man, if we could get rid of all the religions of the world and just start with God is love. Let's start there and like build that. on that. <laughs> we would be so much better off. <laughs> I like that. 
Well, our English word, religion, comes from the Latin word, religar. And you can Google it. Religar means to bind. And if that's all that we have is religion, even Christianity as a religion, guess what? You're bound. Bound to religious codes and traditions and rules and regulations. And if your religion is covering you, be it your pastor, be it your doctrine, be it your yeah, bishop, yeah. your organization, they're covering you all right. They're covering you from the mm -hmm. fullness of the sight and love of God. I, I love it where David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Look like you wanted to say something. No, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm loving what you're sharing and, and just, uh, you know, you know, I'm looking at the title here as well, God meeting God face to face. And I think what what people are going to begin to see is there's a difference between people like you, me, others who have actually stepped into the heavens and we've met God face to face. And, you know, and I know that a lot of people are going, you know, their sirens are going off, their red flags are going off. It's like, but if you meet God face to face, you're going to die. What would you say to those people? Well, I would say to them what Paul said. He said, the God of this world <laughs> have blinded the minds of them which believe not. Yeah. Okay, because of their unbelief, Paul said, they're blind and they cannot see the light of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Remember, Jesus said so clearly, he was getting ready to die, to go to Calvary. He tells the disciples, okay, guys, I'm getting ready to go away. But he says, in common language, he says, chill. It's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. And, of course, all of this is in St. John chapter 14. Remember, he deals with, in verse number two, in my father's house are many mansions. Mm -hmm. And then he said, if it were not so, I would have told you. Now, in my tradition, and I think many others, they often use that verse about the Father's house in funeral services, right? To comfort loved ones, that right. your loved one is now in the Father's house where they have a mansion, right? In my Father's house, there are many mansions, right? And one day we're going to go to heaven, we'll get our mansion, right? So, uh, But look at that in context. First of all, from the Greek, when he speaks of many mansions, he's dealing with dwelling places. In other words, realms in the spirit. God is multidimensional. Oh, remember, Jesus said the kingdom of God. Now, let's see. I get facetious sometimes to understand that. He said the kingdom of God is five trillion miles south of Venus on a planet called heaven. <laughs> I don't think so. He said the kingdom of God is within you. He said the kingdom of heaven to our listeners, do like I'm doing. Put your hand up. Is at hand. Yeah. That's not very far from you. These are realms. These are dimensions. He yeah. said, I'm getting ready to go that I can prepare a place for you that where I am. Now, he said this as a man on the earth. Right. He also right. said, I'm already there, that where I am, there ye may be also. Yeah. And he yeah. said, in that day, the same chapter, John 14, you'll know that I am in my Father, and you're in me. 
and that I'm in you. Now, if that is true, and it is, you're looking at a man that is in the Father. I'm in yeah. his yeah. presence. He's in me. <laughs> then Paul takes it another step for, forward. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. You see, God not only lives in me, which he does, but he lives as me. Paul said it like this, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. And I'm dealing with actually an Old Testament verse that came to mind. So since I went there, let's just stay with that a moment. <laughs> David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God's goodness is not just for one day in the sweet by and by when we all get to heaven. Okay? So Paul said, the verse that I wanted, Galatians, I think it is, chapter 2, verse 20 off the top of my head, he says, I'm crucified with Christ. Hmm. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And so the life of the believer is actually that resurrected life of the Lord Jesus as we walk after the Spirit of the Lord. So when it comes to the presence of God, you know, uh, I, again, never mock anybody, but when I hear people say, no, you know, it can't be that good, you know, God can't be that accessible. In fact, I put a, I put a post on Facebook I think it was Francois Dutoit's page a few days ago. And in so many words, I said that God is speaking and we can hear the voice of God all the day long. And somebody didn't like that. <laughs> they responded and, and, you know, they challenged me on that. So, and, and I do understand, I used to be there. Uh, I was always blessed, as I said, even when I, uh, before I became a believer, God would deal with me and stir my heart. And then yeah. back there in those 30 years at the church in classical Pentecost, God would deal with me in the supernatural. However, they were far and few in between. An amazing encounter that I had, and I, I do want to share this one. Uh, I was ministering in Columbia, South Carolina, I remember. I was the guest minister. And they, they would house the ministers. They had a small little house where they would put us so we could spend time with God, et cetera. So one morning I got up early and I was praying in a room there in that house. And all of a sudden, Gil, out of nowhere, there was a supernatural sphere that entered into that room where I was at. And I began to hear angels in unison, their voices blended together. I don't remember exactly, but words very close to the effect. God said that he knows what you're going through and that he cares. And once they said that, then that same supernatural sphere just was ushered out of the room. So I had had a handful or two of encounters over some 30 years. But what happened with me, again, as I continued to evolve, uh, of course, with the age of the Internet, I therefore was able to access uh, many ministers and ministries and so on. So approximately seven, eight years ago on YouTube, I happened to run into a guy. I watched him, that is, his video by the name of Mike Parsons. Mm -hmm. And 
it was Mike that initially introduced me by me just watching him and the things that he was saying and teaching to the heavenly realm. Yeah. And uh, that was new to me. And, you know, I'm wondering about it. And of course, I began, I began to pray about it. And is, is this real? Can you go to heaven? That kind of thing. And Gil, I'm living by myself then in uh, South Florida in my condo there. And God began to give me one supernatural encounter and engagement after another, after another, after another. I mean, I was just new to this. And all of a sudden, I'm in a heavenly encounter in a council where God caught me up into the realms of the heavens. And I'm in a council with heavenly beings. I mean, it was as real and even more real than you're looking at me and me looking at you right now. And God had me preach there. They were dealing with global kinds of things in light of the global chaos that was happening. And the Lord had me minister to them one encounter after another. And it was phenomenal. However, all of a sudden, it was cut off. They stopped. Well, I'm thinking, what is going on? God, what, what, what is happening? You know? Uh, I'm wondering, did I do something wrong? What is up with this? And I'll never forget, God spoke to me. I was just worshiping him within my spirit in intimacy. And the Lord and I were just fellowshipping in the beauty of that intimate within my spirit relationship. Yeah. And he said to me, son, intimacy will get you everywhere. Right. Now, I knew what he meant. Now, he meant what he said. He also mm -hmm. was saying behind that, don't seek after supernatural encounters Come and on. engagements. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, of course, I have sought to do that. And it has led me into the grace and love of God on a personal and intimate level. For me, hearing yeah. God, yeah. knowing God, uh, back to what I was addressing earlier about hearing God every day, all day mm -hmm. long or similar. 1 Timothy 4 and 10, Paul says, now the Spirit speaketh. And then he says, he speaks expressly. In other words, definitely. You see, God is always in the now. He's never yes. sleeping. He's never quiet. Heaven is broadcasting. The voice of the Lord is echoing, speaking 24-7. Yes. Jesus said, though, so many times in the book of Revelations, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So while God is speaking does not necessarily mean that we will hear him unless right, right. we are You're on that frequency. Yeah. In yeah. that realm where indeed our spirit is so blended with the voice of the Lord. Uh, one of the so things good. that I'm going to speak about. Uh, during the webinar, again, the first two weeks uh, of August on Zoom. And I encourage you to be there. I'm going to speak about the communion of union. The communion of union. The union is automatic. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. God dwells in all of our spirits. But it is engaging God in communion that brings the reality of that oneness with God. Another encounter I had, uh, again, when I lived in South Florida, 
uh, I had a, a dining room area there and a beautiful dining room table. And so I'm standing on one side and fellowshipping with the father. He's standing on the other side. And of course, I mean in the spirit. But it, it was just a beautiful time of relationship and communing with each other. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, son, there is nothing greater than this. Yeah. Can you imagine? What he was saying is the heart of the Father, the heart of God. What he loves is that his people would allow him to love them. Can you imagine? Uh, I love it. The Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon, that book. Chapter one, verse two, the first two words I love. The writer says, let him. Yeah. That's all that God wants yeah. is for yeah. you, for me, for his people to let, to allow him to what? Love us. Yes. And guess what? All that God has for you from now and as we say through eternity is love. You yeah. see, God doesn't have love. He is love. Right. And he right. can't help but be who he is. So just let him, as you open yourself to the Lord through desire, and that's yeah. the spirit of the Lord that is stirring your desire, even now. I can sense so there are many of you, your babes are leaping. <laughs> that is your spirit is bearing witness that God himself is calling you. And some of you will have, not, not necessarily everyone, you have to be led of the Lord. But some of you will have to do like I did. Remember I said God dealt with me out of the book of Isaiah, where it says he called Abraham alone. This reminds me, Gil. I had an encounter. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Some months ago, I think now. Uh, I was just fellowshipping with the Lord in the realm of the Spirit. And God introduces me to John. John comes out of the cloud of witnesses. I'm talking about the Apostle John, the writer of the Gospel of John, etc. And John began to take me to the first chapter of his Gospel, the Gospel of John. And uh, there, remember the famous verse, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, sees Jesus walking and he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And then the very next day, the scripture says that two of John's disciples, they were with him. And all of a sudden, Jesus is, is coming by again. And John says, look, behold, the Lamb of God. And the scripture says when these disciples saw Jesus walking, they began to follow Jesus. Sometimes you have to walk away from the ministry that God placed you under. They were there yeah, with yeah. John because God placed them there. Ah, but when God puts his draw on you, remember what Jesus yeah, said, yeah. <laughs> and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Now, I'm not a, a believer in Calvinism. Uh, they have what's called the TULIP, an acronym, and it talks about the five major tenets of classical uh, yeah, Calvinism. Yeah. Well, they, they do have the I in that tulip, T-U-L-I-P, and I believe in that. It's called irresistible grace. I believe when God's love, when God enables you to see, I, I believe the only reason people don't say yes to the Lord in this life is they haven't seen the love of God. 
When God I puts his raw on you, your spirit begins to get, but I can't help it. And yeah, yeah. his love is irresistible. So anyhow, these two disciples, and one of them was John, they begin to follow Jesus. Now, when Jesus saw them following, he said to them, I'll use King James verbiage, that's my background. What seekest thou? <laughs> what do you seek? What are you after? Why are you following me? And that's a good question. God will often ask you questions. And John responded. He said to Jesus, where dwellest thou? In other words, I want to know how I can access you. I want to be in your presence. Oh, when you begin to say those kinds of things to the Lord. <laughs> you see, when God stirs your desire like he's doing today and opens you, you've got to follow that. They said, actually, John said, where do you dwell? Here's how Jesus responded to him. He said, come and see. Oh, my goodness. If you will take that step back into that. where God is speaking to you personally, same thing he did with Peter, remember, on the boat, on the ship, when the storm was there, and, uh, they saw it look like to them a ghost walking on the waters. Uh, Peter said, well, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus sent a word out there, and that word was come. Now, I don't know. Maybe it was for everyone, and everyone could have come and stepped on. I don't know. But I know Peter sensed this is Jesus. And he began to walk on the water and was able to stand on what, humanly speaking, was not capable of of supporting him. So I want to encourage you. God is calling some of you. God also told Peter, launch out into the deep. There's a beautiful verse in the book of Proverbs. No, excuse me, the book of Psalms. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Oh, my. Deep calleth unto deep. Come on. There are so many of you today. You're looking for more. You're desiring more. And Gil and I will tell you there is more. Absolutely. Follow the Lord. Step out. You know, by faith. I wanted to say, you know, when you were talking about the intimacy, that um, one of the things that I just, I sense from the Father, you see it in the Bible, is that when Jesus healed people, to me, the greater miracle in that, in that, miracle that he did with the healing whatever it was that he healed you know a physical body part or whatever the greater miracle to me was that he also most of them that could receive it he left them with freedom freedom that set them set them free from so many different things and, and today one of the things that we do need to be set free of is the religious shackles you know the religion that has been placed upon us that has uh, caused us to think of God in ways that, you know, he's not, he's not most of those things. <laughs> and that we would begin to be set free to have that relationship personally with him and, and that intimate walk with him. But uh, anyway, I want to talk more about that, but we're going to take a real quick break and we'll be back right after this. <laughs> 
Hey there, thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We want to take a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups around the world are using this course to shift into Kingdom Age thinking. If you're ready to step into what Father is doing now, then this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Online Classes tab. Now, back to the show. All right, I'm back with Daniel. And, um, you know, Daniel, another one of the things that you were sharing and talking about, you know, is engaging with the Father in the heavens. And I think one of the things that we've realized, and a lot of people in this movement have uh, come to be aware of, is that we've basically been kind of in our religious systems, whatever they might be, anywhere from Baptist, Pentecostal, you know, charismatic, uh, word of faith. We've been in our religious systems. And in most of those systems, many of them, not all of them, there's more of a passiveness of waiting for God to come and break through our reality to show us who he is or to take us off into heaven. When in reality, what we're discovering is the invitation invitation is always there. And we simply need to make the choice to step in or, you know, I don't even believe in the stepping in and stepping out. We're already there. I believe it's simply shifting a focus to our existence seated with Christ in heavenly places. And it's, it's a beautiful thing that we can step into the heavens anytime just by shifting our focus to being seated with Christ in heavenly places. And what does that mean? And what does it lead to? So anyway, just some other things. We got about 20 minutes or so. Um, so share away. <laughs> okay. Be glad to. Yeah. Well, as far as experiencing God in the heavens, um, for me, I think more than anything else, the significance has led to the unveiling more than I have ever seen of the love of God. Why? Because you're, I mean, like you said, we are in heavenly places. And our believers that are watching right now, whether you're evangelical, Pentecostal, charismatic kingdom, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? We are all seated in heavenly places. Book of Ephesians clearly states that. The tragedy is most of us don't know that. Uh, If we were taught that at all, we're not taught normally what that means, how to function there, how to experience the heavenly realm. And when I began to see God, I mean, as I'm talking to you, I mean, I'm here in my office in uh, the villages in uh, Central Florida. It's a golf heaven, (laughs) and I'm a golfer, so I'm in double heaven. But anyhow, uh, I'm here clearly on the earth and in this office right now. But at the same time, I'm multi-located in various realms in heaven. Right, right. Come on. One of the places that I love and that I'm at, I don't have to pray to (laughs) the throne of grace, but rather I pray from the throne the throne of grace i am seated right now on the lap of my father mm-hmm. in the heavenly realm and mm-hmm. i am in a face-to-face encounter i mean uh i'll give you a quote the father gave me several months ago let me see i'm sure i'll be able to recall it the quote the lord gave me was 
the unlimited space of his embrace. Now you got to chew on that a little bit. <laughs> the unlimited space. There's nowhere you can go. There's nothing you can do to get out of the Father's, listen, not only embrace, but bear hug. <laughs> God's embrace is just an expression of his love, and that is unconditional. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. enabled me to see the love of God was God more and more as I looked into the face of the Father and saw Christ in me. And the mayor of looking into his face and seeing Christ in me and as me. Remember our original creation back in Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And guess what? That's exactly how he made us. That's exactly how the Father sees us, thinks about us, and always will relate to us. Even though oftentimes we have not modeled, manifest who we are and walked after that image and been like God, that for one iota has never changed in the mind and heart of God. He always sees us in his image and in his likeness. And the more we can see in face-to-face encounters who we are and how we are always in the inescapable embrace, acceptance, of the Father's unconditional love. Glory to Jesus. I, I got to tell this story. I think you've heard me tell it before, and I think you've experienced the same kind of thing. I know you did. I heard you talk about it uh, before. But I have this friend. I used to attend uh, the ministry of he and his wife, uh, which was very much an emphasis on the prophetic and the operation of the gifts when I lived in South Florida. Great ministry. One time I was out just fellowshipping, eating with him, and he told me a story true story. And in so many words, he said that, uh, I don't remember exactly, but something happened and he got angry with God. He was mad at God and he began to curse at God. And he just began to spew out every ugly, filthy curse word he could think of. Blank you this and blank you that. Just cursing, cursing until he just couldn't think of any more more curse (laughs) words to say to God. Yeah. Yeah. So he went on to tell me when he got finished, The father was standing there, like with arms wide open, saying, well, are you finished now? Exactly, (laughs) yeah. Will you allow my love again (laughs) just to embrace you? And and that's the heart of the father. That's the real sight of God. Now, I mean, I understand when a God is preached that is afar off, that, you know, the only way that he can stand us is through his son, Jesus. You know, and we have to be kind of smothered in Jesus for the Father to like us. And that's the way you were brought up. And if you mess with the Father, you're going to get the backhand tear judgment. And in hell, you'll live. If that's your teaching, then I can understand why uh, we're fearful and we doubt and we're insecure and so forth and so on. But when the love of God lands you in the lap of the Father, and you're embraced by his grace in constant fellowship, unbreakable fellowship, you'll begin to experience a paradigm, a mindset of the love of God that would change you. And that's and that's, that's what's, that's so, what's important, so important, I think, for I think us to understand, understand that we have to, um, you know, not only experience what you're talking about, but but we have to receive it. 
you know, so many people I know father has already engaged them in that way, you know, and that loving embrace and, and just speaking love over them and the wonderful things about them, you know, father just speaking that over them. But yet so many people have been, you know, damaged, you know, with their past that they can't receive it or they, they, they choose not to receive it. I believe they can, but they do have to choose it. And sometimes that choice is so hard when you've been, you know, told things all your life and, sure. and even even w- within the church that we're told that certain things are true when they're really not and so when someone brings truth to you it's so wonderful it's like i can't accept that that's too good that can't be god I'm like wait a minute compute that for a second too good to be god huh <laughs> yeah yeah you know uh, the grace that we be- believe in people come up with all these terms like oh that's sloppy agape right uh, you broke up uh, there. Say that again. The term that people will use, they, they will use various sayings where they're trying to make fun of people that really believe in the finished work of Calvary and the amazingness of God's grace. Oh, that's sloppy agape, sloppy right. agape, and these kinds of terms, carnal Christianity and blah, blah. Uh, what actually is the reality is when we get to heaven, I don't think Jesus is going to say, hey, guys, you made too much of my grace. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, the Paul speaks about the exceeding greatness yeah. above all that we can ask or think. He talks about depths, no heights, the God who is gracious beyond our wildest imaginations, how can we make too much of the grace of God? Now, the beauty is that the grace of God, the goodness of God, uh, the American church has turned it backwards. You know, repent, and then God will be good to you. No. <laughs> Paul right. said it yeah. is the goodness of God first that leads us to repentance. Repentance, yes. When God reveals his love. Now, that's, that, that's what it takes. God, you have to come into an experiential encounter in relationship. I'm not saying you got to go up to heaven and hear God talk to you. Christ is in you. Look to the God within. Who am I? Who, yeah. who is Gil? We're fellow travelers out here. Yeah. What we are seeking to do is to point you to the Father and for you to inquire directly to the Father. Are these things true? And if you'll go to him with an open heart, and we have to be careful there. If we take to God our preconditioned mindsets based on our religious teaching, then whatever the Father reveals to us, we're going to tend to put right back into that box and interpret it in light of what we previously have believed. So when you go to God, you really have to have an openness in saying to the Lord, Lord, I'm open to you, whatever you have to say. And that's, you know, so hard for a lot of people, especially people who have been to seminary or something like that. I mean, I, I was, I went to seminary and was a pastor for seven years in the, in a specific denomination. And the thing is, when um, you go through something like that, it is so challenging to break free of what you've been taught and told is truth. And, um, and so when we go to Father, I, I, you know, we've taught from the beginning, you have to go with no agenda. You have to go believing that he has something better for you than what you've already thought of. And I, I can't, yeah, there's no way to even count the number of times where we've gone 
with something in mind of what we think is good as Christians that we want to do. And Father shows something totally different. It's like, wow, didn't even think of that. And um, it's just just always good to go to the Father. Jesus did, so why wouldn't we? If Jesus didn't do anything without going to the Father, why would we think, oh, well, I'm, I'm a little better than Jesus. I don't need to go to the Father all the time. Look at Peter, right? Peter's on the rooftop, uh, Acts chapter 10, yes. famous text there. Reckon his theology. And, <laughs> and all of a sudden he has this heavenly encounter. He goes into a trance and he sees the sheep with all of these unclean beasts. And God keeps saying, arise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter's response in so many words was, hey, God, I'm kosher. Have you read your Bible? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Lord, uh, I don't eat non-kosher, unclean foods. It's against the word of God. Well, guess what? God was not impressed with his superior knowledge. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Of the Father. Until God, quote, got tired of hearing that. He just said, Peter, what I have cleansed, don't you call common or unclean. And then, of course, the story goes on immediately. he sends him to Cornelius's house, the Gentile, the heathen that did not know Jesus from Adam's house cat. But nevertheless, he had a heart towards God. He was a praying man. And God heard his prayer. In fact, God said he was a righteous man. What? Yeah. Before he knew Jesus, God said the man yeah. was righteous. So Peter goes there. And now this is my testimony as well. When Peter gets to Cornelius's house, the first five words... He's talking to Cornelius, and then he comes up with these five words. And, and let me uh, go back a little bit. When he gets there, he says, Cornelius, I'm not supposed to be here. Uh, me, Pete, you, Corny, we are not to meet. <laughs> In other words, I'm a Jew, and you're a Gentile. I am not permitted by my religion to even talk to you, and, and no less to come into your house. Now, here comes the five words, and this is my own personal testimony. But God has showed me. And then he tells them what yeah. God had said, that I am not to call any man common or unclean. Yeah. When you can have an openness to God, that God reveals himself to you, like he did to Peter, in direct revelation, oh my goodness, you'll change history. Yeah. And, and that's another thing we can say to everybody out there who's listening, that if that once you begin, begin entering into the heavens or, or, or taking your position next to Christ, seated with him, focusing on that standpoint of where you are and where you exist, that Father will probably start wrecking a lot of your theology. And um, so just be prepared that some of the stuff you'll receive may not line up with what you think is truth. And, um, and we have to remember that the, the real truth, the only truth, is Yeshua, and he's a living being. He's not a written law. He's a living being. So anyway, so Daniel, we got maybe uh, two minutes. Um, Any last words you want to share with everybody before we break off? Real quick, this is a long story, but I'll put it into a two-minute capsule, hopefully. I was in a, a service, typical liturgical things like prayer, opening of service, and singing, and all that. But God taught me up in the Spirit. Uh, Just about the beginning of the service, I went into deep tongues, and all of a sudden, he launched my spirit into Revelations chapter 22, verse number one. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. I was swimming there in that pure river, clear as crystal, in heaven. 
And it was beautiful. I was enjoying it. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there, seated on the throne, because remember, the river proceeded, came from the throne. Yeah, yeah. The father was seated on the throne, but there was a problem. He had on a clown suit. He was a clown. Big bulging eyes, ears like a red nose, these kinds of things. <laughs> Big boots. And then he acted corny, goofy like a clown. Now, wait a minute. My sense of godliness was offended. I'm in the water swimming and seeing that. Whoa, whoa, wait. And then to make matters worse, the father jumps off the throne into the water and begins to play with me like a father at the beach would play with his child. Lovingly, yet still being a, a clown, like dunking me, uh, throwing water on those kinds of things. And I still, I was not fully comfortable with it. But what God was doing was dismantling, breaking through religious mindsets about holiness and this God that is afar off and unreachable. Uh, no, no, no. He is near you right now. And he's dealing with you. Just let him, like we've talked about, and he'll reveal himself to you. Amen. Well, Daniel, honor you and thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you coming on here and sharing. And uh, we'll have the notes uh, with your dates and times and uh, ID information so they can be part of that uh, webinar. So uh, if you're watching this, make sure you pick that up through the notes. And again, Daniel, just thank you so much. I really appreciate your, your story and how you reveal the Father's heart and love. It's, it's precious and it's what people need. So thank you so much. Bless you so much. You've been such a blessing in my life. Yeah. All right. Well, again, if you are interested in uh, uh, helping support and partner with us, uh, go to kingdomtalksmedia.com and go to the giving section. And we so appreciate each and every one of you. Um, and Daniel, do you have time for uh, behind the scenes? I will be there. All right. All so right. we're going to break off here and we'll go do that. And if you want to check in with behind the scenes, uh, again, go to kingdomtalksmedia.com. Check out our different menu items and you'll find behind the scenes there and you can uh, get in on that. And again, just appreciate everything that everyone's doing. And we love you. Take care. We'll see you next time. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.